Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will talk to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's going to talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R, 866-Colander. Dr. Colander, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. Do you think people take their health for granted if they feel as though they're eating properly and exercising? They don't know what they don't know. You know, that's a great point, Amory. Everyone takes their health for granted, no matter who they are, whether they're in great shape or whether they're not in great shape they're taking their health for granted. So that's a big problem in this country is not knowing what to do and not knowing the information and just basically being lost. So being lost leaves people adrift, not knowing what to do. And you, you know, they, it also comes down to the concept of you only go to your doctor when you're hurt or in pain or you're sick. Urgent care, yeah. Or, right. So, that's another thing that we've been kind of trained to do by the lack of access to care. You only go when you don't feel good. So if you feel good, well, then you must be okay. Um, so there's a lot of facets to the concepts of taking your health for granted. The other facet of taking your health for granted is getting a very rudimentary basic exam for your physical and being told you're okay, when the labs that are being done don't really give the doctor or you any information at all about your health. Well, I mean, so many people are out there now joining health clubs and exercising every day and, you know, buying memberships at gyms and um, trying to move into a more healthy way of eating. And I think that they take it for granted that if they go to see their doctor once a year or twice a year and get a few you know, mediocre tests taken that they're okay and they're home free and they, you know, they're on, they're on the right path and they're secure. But that is, you know, on the other side of the coin, we still have over 600,000 people dying every year of heart attacks. It's that. And also as a society, we're getting sicker and sicker and the acceptance That's is not that. Good. That's no, not good. That's not good. We're, I mean, we're seeing people that are trying to eat healthier and exercise more and you're telling us we're getting sicker and sicker. Well, you're saying that there's people joining gyms. I think in general, most people don't join gyms and most people don't know how to eat. 
And so there's, we happen to live, you know, we're recording this show in Birmingham, and my office is in Bingham Farms next to Bloomfield Hills, which is a little area of health. Right. You know, if you walk 100 feet outside of this radius, mm -hmm. well, then the health declines drastically. So, you know, my office and where we are right now is a little health bubble where people do seem to care about their health. And there's no, you know, obviously there's some socioeconomic tie to, um, you know, your financial and uh, social status and health. There's no question that's been documented and talked about with COVID at length. So, But I have to stop you here yeah. and tell you that even although you're rich and have a lot of money, you're still seeing the same primary care physician and you've still got the same five minutes that the poor people get. You know, <laughs> you're right. You yeah. know, I remember... Talking to doc, you know, I don't really talk to that many doctors anymore, but or they won't talk to me. But I, I remember talking to doctors, and they were going, "Well, I've got this patient." I mean, no one's sharing HIPAA secrets, but or someone would say, "Well, this doctor gets me in quickly." Like, oh, I see this doctor, I see that doctor, I've got his personal number, he gets me in, and it makes that person feel special. And the reality is, is the special person insurance doesn't pay that doctor one penny more than everybody else's insurance. In fact, everyone else's insurance might pay more than that person, mm -hmm. but there's some cachet to having a socially high-level person in your practice. I, why doctors feel that way, I don't know, because, again, on the bottom line is no one's, that person isn't paying them for the access. Mm -hmm. They think that there's some benefit to having that person in practice. Insurance is paying what it pays. But whether you have access or not, whether you see a doctor immediately when you get to their office building or whether you're sitting in the waiting room for two or three hours to see the doctor, the end result is that when you get in the examining room, he's coming in and he's going to be with you for some total of five minutes, regardless of what you're paying and what your insurance says. Well, that's become the status quo. And this is part of the problem of taking your health for granted. Well, this is just what it is. And if in that time, your doctor tells you you're okay, which frankly, in five minutes, you don't have much time to say anything else. Because if there's a problem, you're going to get 16 referrals and, and that's it because the doctor mm -hmm. doesn't have time to deal with the problems that you've come in with. So in five minutes, all you really have time for is you're okay, see you next time. And you walk out going, oh, I'm okay. And People obviously want to hear they're okay. They're afraid to go to the doctor to hear what might be wrong. There's, they're scared to go in the first place to deal with reality. And for some people, this five-minute visit is kind of reassuring because it almost guarantees, you know, a, a, a tacit approval of where they are. It's you like know, kids getting a star sticker on your exam and thinking that you're okay until the next time. Right. So the whole system is following along with a concept that you are, um, you know, th that allows you to take your health for granted. Okay, let's come back and talk more about taking your health for granted and what you ought to do about it on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR.
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, we were talking in the last segment about people taking their health care for granted and assuming that if they see their doctor and get out in the after five-minute exam, they're okay until this time next year. What do you have to say about that? Well, you know, I, every time we talk about people assume that they're okay and taking their health for granted, I keep thinking about this movie I saw when I was a kid, The Bad News Bears, <laughs> which is, you know, don't assume anything. You're going right. to make an ass out of you and an ass out of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, you know, if you make an assumption about your health and you're wrong, you're taking a huge risk on your health. And there's so many people that die. You mentioned 650,000 people die of a heart attack every year. It doesn't have to happen. And these people are dying young. They're not, this is not like someone that died at 70. Right. I even saying 70 is young. They're not dying at 85, 90. These are 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds dropping dead of heart attacks. And the sad thing is with the Widowmaker, which is obviously a male heart attack, and it's immediate, and that's it. The, the, the devastation to the family is awful. And a stroke, you know, how many times do you hear about somebody have a stroke and they're debilitated and they're a dependent of their family the rest of their lives. They've lost the ability to work. They've lost their ability to socialize. Their relationships are fragmented because of their ability to communicate is limited. So all of these things are common things that happen in our country. And so for people to kind of ignore an opportunity to identify where they are is just silly. And, you know, we've talked about in the past how some people come to the office to do, I'll say, the most important screening test, which we do is called the CIMT carotid intima media thickness test. And that is an ultrasound that looks at the lining of the artery. Different from the carotid Doppler that you're used to, which looks at the blood flow. So I look at the wall, and the, your cardiologist looks at between the walls. The real which data... Which is more important? The wall. And no one's looking at the more important aspect of the diagnostic process. No, because insurance doesn't cover it. The system is all about waiting until you have something they can operate on. And the caveat is that you may not survive that operation, or you may not survive getting to the operation. So, you know, today we got a bunch of our CIMT results back in the office, and it always spurs ideas for me to talk about on the show because, you know, you cannot assume anything. And I had a lot of people today that I was expecting bad results. So just let me stop you here so that the listeners will understand. So the CIMT is a non-invasive uh, ultrasound that it happens, it t- takes, what, 10 minutes to do? 10, 15 minutes. And then they're they're out the door, and then they come back when for the results? I, well, established patients I call because they've kind of been through this before. But how long does it take to know the answer of the test? Hopefully a week. So even in a week. So a week later, you, you're willing to or you're re- ready to share with the patient what the results are. Right. 
and then and are your expectations always accurate never huh because i can't make assumptions right never i've learned mm -hmm. i mean my practice has evolved it's not like we just bursted out of the ether into this you know mm -hmm. primary prevention program it's been an evolution and because we're trying to stay on the cutting edge it's constantly evolving and changing. I mean, the practice might be different to, on Monday. Well, today's Sunday when we're recording the show, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, this, the practice might be different in two days, and that's not a bad thing. It's because we're constantly evolving and removing things and adding things that allow me to identify your risk so that we can make changes to prevent it. And so I've got patients who, we didn't always do these CIMTs, and I told them they're okay. And then when we do the CIMT, I go, oh, my God, you got plaque. Mm -hmm. And so what was I telling them, you know, what was I using to tell them they were okay? We do lab work that measures inflammation. Mm -hmm. So When you mean lab work, you mean blood tests. Blood testing. Mm -hmm. I have to stop saying lab work. So mm -hmm. blood testing that identifies different stages of inflammation of the artery wall that involves things like plaque rupture or calcification of the arteries. So there's actually blood work that measures different stages of plaque buildup and risk. Mm -hmm. And some of them correlate very well in, in studies with events, and events being heart attack or stroke. So there are people who have great numbers, and I think they're okay, and they look okay. They eat healthy, they exercise, they you know, have good habits. They make sure they get sleep. You wouldn't, I mean, you'd have no idea. And we've had whole shows about these people. Mm -hmm. And they finally agreed to do their CIMT test. And, of course, they delayed because I've been telling them for three or four years already that they're fine, that they're in great shape. Look at these numbers. So well, that's based on their lab test, based on their blood test, based on the data that you've collected. You're well, but I'm, time. right, but I'm the doctor. You know, yeah. so I'm telling them they're okay, and then I'm I've got to now convince them to do another test that the test that, that we've been saying may not be that great. That's part of being on the cutting edge. Things change. Right. So here's the, your athletic guy who exercises an hour a day, six days a week, and doesn't eat any bread, you know, who looks phenomenal, and he's got bad plaque. And on the flip side is my... You know, patient I've had for 30 years who's diabetic, obese, you know, elevated liver enzymes because she's diabetic, can barely move, and she doesn't have plaque. Mm -hmm. Explain that to me. You can't. Right. You can't. So the answer is you've got to look um, mm -hmm. and see where someone's arteries are doing. You've got to identify the disease and then apply an appropriate plan for that person. So we're making a plan for my athlete who's got plaque. And we still have to make a plan for my, you know, widowed uh, diabetic who's in horrible shape. Even though she doesn't have plaque and won't have a heart attack, I'm worried that these inflammatory insults are going to cause other diseases. Right. We never know how the inflammation in our system is going to present itself. The reason we use artery measurements to gauge risk is because, number one, people die from heart attacks and strokes, and we can measure it. And number two is we can measure it. It's objective measurements. 
So I don't have an objective measurement for dementia or Parkinson's or cancer, but I do for heart disease. So that's why these tests are so important. And just to clarify for the listeners, um, the stress test and the EKG that they're used to getting are not giving them a pass. If they pass those tests, that's not giving them a pass and it's not guaranteeing that they don't have plaque or that they're not at risk for heart attack and stroke. Well, we need to bring that up next segment because we're near the end of our segment. That's a whole other conversation to get into the weeds of why traditional testing doesn't work and why no one should feel good about having a stress test that's okay. It doesn't mean anything. And why you probably shouldn't even get a stress test if you don't have symptoms. A stress test is only for people who are having symptoms of heart disease. And that means when you walk or run or exert yourself, you have shortness of breath, nausea, cold sweats, irregular heartbeats, chest pain, um, dizziness, weakness, fatigue, all of these things with exertion, and then you stop exerting yourself and they kind of all go away. Mm -hmm. Or just in general, you just can't do the things you used to do without being really tired. That's symptoms, and that does warrant a traditional vascular workup. But let's come back and talk about how valuable these tests are in avoiding instant death from heart attack. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a personal concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, we were talking about what testing needs to be done in order to ensure that you don't have plaque and that you're not heading for heart attack, stroke, and major artery disease. So the system, obviously, as it is right now, your primary care physician is going to maybe do an EKG, which is probably useless and then maybe do a stress test, which you've said is also useless because, so the tests are useless and you know, most of the people that are listening to the show are wondering, well, why are we doing these tests? Why are we getting these tests when you have a test that's an absolute 100% guarantee of a visualization of the plaque that actually causes, the actual root cause? And my question to you for the listeners is, why is it that not everybody is, getting access to this test? Well, let's go to the first two questions you asked me before <laughs> okay. the third. I mean, the, the third question of why is anyone doing this is because they're all being part of a healthcare system that's broken. You're talking about the doctors? All right. You're, the whole world is practicing a form of medicine based on illness. It's, it's a philosophical difference to say, I'm going to approach 
medicine on the front end instead of the back end. Mm -hmm. So when I see my patients, I want to find all of the things that may be occurring to them that they may not even be having symptoms of mm -hmm. so that I can start managing those problems because in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, they're going to cause serious problems. The fact that they're not a problem today doesn't matter. Right. It's, I can recognize that they have it because I do a test like the CIMT that finds plaque and I don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. So not only am I identifying the plaque, but I have data related to the plaque that I can measure year after year to show that I'm making progress on reducing those numbers. You know, it's interesting that we have tests such as for colon cancer, that we have the colonoscopy where people are looking for polyps, they're looking for the, the early stages of colon cancer so they can grab it and get rid of it before it becomes a disaster. And likewise with breast cancer, we're going for mammograms to find out whether or not we've got any little dots here and there in the mammogram. And why is it that with the biggest killer in the country, which is heart attack at over 600,000 people dying annually, why is it that they're not looking at this simple test, the simple diagnostic test that you have that absolutely shows you a clear picture of where, where the plaque is? I wish I could tell you because we talk about it all the time. It seems so obvious and simple, and it is. So why aren't people doing it? I do not know. It's you not know, people. It's the healthcare care right. system. I, I couldn't answer the why question. Why is insurance not covering it? Well, that's for my book about, to, you know, when Yeah, that's it gets right. You're finished. writing a book about right. that. That's so true. When, so let's, you're all going to have to wait for me to finish the book and then find a publisher. So hold on. The answers are coming about how to fix this whole thing. You may not like it, but it's how to fix it. So why are the doctors you're seeing ordering tests that don't matter? It's because they are not screening you for your life. They're screening you for surgery. And so the testing that they're doing is identifying people who need an operation. Whether you're sick enough and have a blockage that's big enough or whether you need a stent or bypass or whatever. That's You've got who they're to finding. wait right. until you get to that stage where it's a massive intervention. If you don't die before you get to that stage of needing a massive intervention. Right. So my approach is... It's not something to be happy about. No, just, no, it's terrible. But it's because people don't know there's a difference. That's what's terrible. Why would they, they know? They're not doctors. They, well, the doctors don't know what I'm doing. You they know, don't know what you're doing. Right. But I think that they probably know that what they're doing is pretty useless because it's not stopping they, people from but dying. But they, they don't know. Because before I was doing what I was doing, I kind of thought what I was doing was okay. Because you don't know. All you know is what you've been told by the FDA... And what you're, I'm going to throw the word CDC in there. You only know what you've been told and what you're allowed to do. And when you're in business, and healthcare is a business, you do what you're paid for. And if you're not being paid, and you're going to go and give me the Hippocratic Oath, that's the next thing. <laughs> I see the that coming, but you're still doing what you're paid for. The whole system is designed around pharmaceutical companies getting paid, hospitals getting paid, and 
the money being passed around, you know, like in a, in a shell game. What about, wait a minute, I'm going to stop you What about you here. the people? No, no, what about the consumer? The people. Let's talk about the people as consumers. No one they cares are, wait a minute, they about are being the bled to death. Correct, that's the idea. Paying a huge amount of money for health care. That's the plan. Paying, you know, the, 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 the high end, the Neiman Marcus of, of health care. That's what they want. Paying a huge amount of money for insurance, a huge amount of money for health care, whether you have insurance or don't have insurance, Everything is over the top as far as the cost goes. Right. So pharmaceuticals. Wait, I'm not done complaining. Okay. If you if you're given medication, the medication can be over the top as well, and it can be it can be a, a question of do I pay my rent, my mortgage this month, or do I get my medication? Unless you happen to be in the top one percent. So. And they still complain. Okay, that's fine. So, all of the components of the healthcare business, the hospitals, pharma, insurance. Guess what? They're doing great. They're making money hand over fist. Yeah. They don't care about you. They don't care about your health because their job is to make money, and they are in the system as it is. Believe me, if they would make money keeping you healthy, then that's what would be happening. They don't make money you with you being healthy. They make money when you're in the hospital, on a ventilator, having surgery, multiple surgeries, falling, breaking a leg. Well, trauma's trauma. That's an accident. But having joint breakdown, having knee surgeries, back surgeries, that's how they make money. So no, the systems have no vested interest in doing anything different. So all of us, me, you, Anne-Marie, and all the listeners are up against the biggest business in the world, which is the American Health Institute, the American Health, what do you, I call it, what do I call it? The Medical Industrial Complex. Mm -hmm. We're all up against it and you cannot win because they're making, look, probably 40% of our national you know, GDP is medical. Mm -hmm. More money in our country is being spent on medicine, on the medical system than anything else. That's That's, way more than defense. So how do we fix it? All right, so the answer, well, that's in the books. You have Leave to wait on that. The, the answer is so back to the listeners. Now you're listening, you're being educated. You have an choices to make, which is how do I learn what I have today? And how do I take what information I learn to prevent what is now potentially avoidable? So what you will not learn from your other doctors is that having a heart attack and stroke and dementia may be avoidable. And you need Could to- Could be preventable. Preventable, avoidable, but it requires identifying that you have the precursors, the substrate for this event to happen and acting on that information on day one and not waiting to have surgery to fix it and thinking that, oh, I had a stent, I'm okay now. I've had, a, I remember, we've talked about this ad light a ton. One of my patients having bypass surgery and the cardiologist saying, mission accomplished. Your patient had bypass surgery, that's a, f you failed. Right. And he's all proud of himself, crazy. Right. Thank God he retired. Exactly. Well, let's come back and talk more about this on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, 
please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, we've been talking about what is the average listener, the average patient supposed to do because probably better than 99% of them are lost out there fumbling around, knocking about between primary care physician, cardiologist, endocrinologist. A couple of things that I want to say up front, and also let me encourage listeners who are listening to the Sunday show that Dr. Collender has a live show on every Thursday between 7 and 8, right after the Mitch Album show. And you can actually call him directly. So please don't hesitate to tune in all the Thursdays between 7 and 8 and call him directly if you've got a question about your health. But coming back to where patients are lost, I'm just, you know, always mesmerized by the fact that it comes back to after we're paying all this money for healthcare insurance and we're not getting what we're paying for, it's um, what is the average person supposed to do? First of all, they got to start at 20, 30 years old. Well, you're right about that, but also that's not, that takes people and say, well, I'm 50, I'm screwed. So that's no, not, not true. Necessarily, but so wherever you are in life, there's an opportunity to improve your health. So how, whatever age you are, it's about learning where you are. And if you know that you have plaque and you've had a stent and you've had some work, get the data that can be followed. You know, that, that CIMT gives us you the ability to follow your progress year to year in a, in a studied way as opposed to, you know, you pass your stress test, and all that stress test tells you is, well, I do not have a blockage that's more than 70%. That's it. There's a lot more progress in the details of the numbers that we get. And being told you're okay when you may not be okay is the opposite message you should be getting. I think there are a lot of patients out there that are cajoled into being happy with the fact that they were diagnosed at some point in their cardiac journey and they've gotten a stent, one stent, two stents, three stents, four stents, and they think that's the answer. They think that's that, but that's not the answer because you've said many times you've got a hundred arteries out there where you can't stent them all. You're right on so many levels there. Number one is when you have one event, you're more at risk for another event. Mm-hmm. And if nothing's being done, other than put a little mesh in a half-inch area of your 60,000 miles of artery, mm-hmm. you're a fool. Mm-hmm. You know, and so this comes back to time. When your doctor does not have time to talk to you, the quickest answer to get you out the door is you're okay. Mm-hmm. So doctors may have results that are not normal, but they're not something that they're going to operate on you today. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're okay. See you later. Mm-hmm. And that's the message. 
So there's no opportunity to learn the details of what you have to do to reverse the process. Mm -hmm. Now, if the doctor telling you you're okay isn't aware there's an opportunity to reverse the process, well then- Why would he not be aware? Come on. They're not. How can they not be aware? Because I mean, there's, there, there's a CT scan that's been out for 20 years that you can get that, that I, at least identifies you that you, that you make plaques, so they is, are aware. I'm telling you why. The ants, no, they're not, Amory, because they don't know how to interpret the results. How many callers call on Thursday with a, you know, here's my summary, and you and I are like mouths open going, <laughs> what the hell are we listening to? Right. Like, what's going on out there? Mm -hmm. And because doctors don't know how to interpret the results. Like, for instance, there was a time not long ago that we were offering the CIMT alone as a standalone test at my office. And someone called and who said, yeah, I had a CIMT and all these tests, and my doctor still recommended a stress test. And I said, stop. I'm no longer. I learned later off the air that, that I did the CIMT. And mm -hmm. one of my partners interpreted for him. Mm -hmm. And it's not our fault, but he didn't join the practice right then and there. Mm -hmm. And he goes to his doctor, doesn't know what he's doing, mm -hmm. and tells him, go get a stress test. Then there's a problem. He didn't need a stress test. Then the stress test is a false positive, And the cardiologist wants to go and give him a catheterization. And it's like, it's like he's down this rabbit. He's going down the toilet of bad medical advice because he didn't do the process with us to fully understand what was going on. So now I took that off the books. You've got to, you know, now we've got scale, you know, various ways to access my practice. You know, you can do a one-time visit and get a really good idea where you are, but you can't just take this piece of data, which is really important, and hand it to someone that doesn't know what they're doing. And that someone is everybody. No one knows what to do with this data. See, I think there's something wrong with this picture because cardiologists who are trained and do a four-year or five-year residency in cardiology, they have to know that the stress test is a useless piece of information unless you're in end-stage disease. They may know that. What do you but mean may know that? They must know I know it. I don't know that they do. I've talked to cardiologists, and I have, about what I do. And I've got to, they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm not kidding. I've talked to cardiologists or several that, and, and I try to explain this process and they start yelling at me because they, they either see it, that it's like, there's my job. Like there goes my career. Like I make money doing stents and there it goes. I'm not going to do another stent if this takes on. Well, that's and the big so, question. It's the question right. of, are you in this business of being a doctor for the money? Or are you following the Hippocratic Oath and taking care of patients? You're, well, I mean, it sounds, and I hear you're, you're right on a philosophical basis, but they're, and I'm, I'm, I see where their doctors are coming from. This is a philosophical national health question of why do we have third-party payers you know, why do we have doctors being paid by other people? Why is there this fee structure that bloats the numbers where they don't need to be? The reality is if this were being paid for at cost, mm -hmm. you know, it's very inexpensive, embarrassingly inexpensive. So should we get rid of the insurance companies? Is that it? Is that well, the answer? Well, you're going to have to wait for my book because you've got to... I understand, but what I'm hearing is the insurance companies are bleeding us bone-chillingly dry. 
and overcharging and not paying for all of the we still have got well, we've still got these we deductibles got a, and we've still got these copays we got that a are minute, bleeding people to death. We got a minute left and the readers and listeners need a answer for today. So the answer is uh, other than call me where I can guide you and Amory will give you the number on the way out of the show because um, there aren't that many people in the country doing what I do. Um, you need to find someone who doesn't take insurance who's got the ability to think outside the box and not by what their biller is paying them. And someone who doesn't take insurance, and that's, that's the cost of doing this, is you've got to spend a little money out of pocket. Yes, but Be it's very little. It isn't that much. And you're... And you're because if you're if you're going to rely on what your insurance does, that's the other whole other myth, is that if the insurance does, pays, it's okay. That's a whole other show. You need to find someone who's got a foot out the door who can give you real advice, who knows what they're doing, and again, that's call the show, call our number, and we can help you. And don't be a statistic. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER and thank you for listening.